Hello listeners, Ihab here. We've been on a little break for a little while, but we are currently in the process of getting some really good episodes together. In the meantime, I wanted to share with you this wonderful production by Randabdu. And it just so happened that the three co-hosts of the Amrikis are interviewed in this miniseries. So I have collaborated with Runda to have this miniseries featured on our podcast. And we really hope you enjoy it as you wait for the next Amrikis episodes to drop very soon. This is part two of the miniseries titled Citizens of Two Worlds, a podcast miniseries produced by Randa Abdu, edited by Randa Abdu and myself, Ihab originally featured on the Daily Wildcat. We hope you enjoy. Identity and belonging are all about developing a positive sense of who we are and what we perceive and feel about ourselves, our families and communities. In my first episode, I laid out the issues of identity and belonging with first-generation Arab Americans in Tucson, Arizona, a city that witnessed the fastest-growing Arab population in the state of Arizona, whose rank is 14 by Arab American population in the country. After speaking with dozens of first-generation Arabs as well as Arab American immigrant parents and hearing different perspectives from them, I figured that it is important to dig deeper and draw on expert perspectives to figure out the roots of why so many first-generation Arab Americans feel isolated from American society. I found that their perspectives align with the existing body of research that has investigated issues of identity and belonging among Arab households and first-generation Arabs in the U.S. In many Arab and Arab American households in the U.S., culture and traditions are inseparable from family and community values. In her study on the patterns of interaction among Arab parents and their children, as well as their roles, relationships, and the various factors that shape these patterns. Yasmin bin Ghalib holds that these same values embraced in other regions of the world also are applied in households. Adapting to U.S. culture using Arab mentality, however, contributes baggage for many Arab children here. Those whom I interviewed for this podcast told me they feel different from others. In this episode, we look at experts' perspectives on what makes some Arab immigrant parents so strict when raising their children in the U.S. We also zoom in on the impact of those restrictions on their children and kids' reaction towards their parents for the way they raised them in the U.S. We ask experts whether religion is a factor. Let's start by talking about culture and traditions in Arab and Arab American households in the U.S. Dr. Leila Hudson, an associate professor of critical Middle East studies at the University of Arizona, says that culture and traditions are crucial to many Middle Eastern families. They are deeply rooted in the first socialization within the family, and family members depend on one another. On the one hand, there's the lure and the attraction and the peer pressure to be a unique individual and to be uh, constantly expressing your freedom of association, your freedom of behavior, your control of your own body. And still that comes in conflict sometime with the 
the family expectations, the expectations of parents, which of course are heightened if there's a perception that American society is corrupting and challenging in a way that say being back in the old country isn't. As noted in the earlier episode, parents often tell their children that breaking with culture and tradition could lead to reputation damage or dent the family image. Dr. Hudson noted this double identity predicament that intersects with parents' fears that children's behaviors would reflect poorly on their families and their Arab community. She points out this sometimes leads children to have double lives with two sets of standards. There is one set of standards Uh, for home and family and even the community around it uh, that sort of maintains a facade of propriety uh, that uh, is very conscious of what other people in the community think and say and uh, uh, judge. Dr. Hudson says Arab-American kids often hide their social lives from their parents. They are outliving a version of American teenage life, or they might have social media accounts that are hidden from their parents who may not have the technological or pop culture skills to figure out what is going on. Living according to Arab family values, as well as living a version of American life, results in multiple identities, according to Dr. Hudson. That can be challenging uh, to reconcile having a double life where you're working hard to fulfill your parents' expectations and not let a word go out about your lifestyle or anything like that uh, while living the life that, uh, you know, that uh, conforms to mainstream American youth culture, if there is any such thing. Similarly, Dr. Maha Nassar, an associate professor of modern Middle East history and Islamic studies at the University of Arizona, said that many Arab Americans have concerns when raising their children in the U.S. Nassar, a first-generation Arab American and parent, noted. So I don't think it's unique to Arab parents, to Arab immigrant parents. Um, I think a lot of immigrants from different parts of the world have similar fears about their children becoming too, quote unquote, Americanized. Three factors are bundled into identity, language, culture, and religion, whether it is Islam or Christianity or other faiths or non-faith orientations. Some thought groups religion under culture. When Arab citizens migrate to the U.S., they find fewer people who share these values with them. That said, Pew Research Center shows that the Arabic language is the fastest growing language in the U.S. This is important because it reflects both the fears by parents and the demand by heritage learners, those who were born, raised, and got their education in the target culture to learn the native language of their parents. Often though, even with efforts to learn Arabic by kids, parents find it challenging to find that their kids start having strong ties to their native culture, language, and religion. The results? Children need to find their way through these layers to be able to adapt to belonging in two worlds. So the kids then have to navigate, well, I may not speak Arabic very well, but I identify with my parents' religion very strongly. 
Uh, and so they may see themselves as actually having strong ties to their parents' home country, but the parents might not recognize it as such because, well, you're Arabis in Qasr. Then there are the expectations that Arab-American immigrant parents tend to have towards their children. Quote-unquote, good children means staying away from taboos such as dating, drinking, partying, and staying out late. These types of norms, apparently, are not something tied to Arab-American parents specifically. Dr. Nassar mentioned that many immigrants who come to the U.S. in general tend to have similar perspectives. Much of it comes down to fear of the unknown. Immigrants who come to this country from wherever in the world are doing so because they are seeking out a better life for them and their kids. And they often have sacrificed a lot to do so and to get to this country. And they don't want to see their kids In their minds, at least, they don't want to see their kids wasting an opportunity. Interestingly, in many cases, when first-generation Arab Americans grow older or they become parents, some of them realize that there was a wisdom about not drinking, being out late, and sleeping around or partying, even if they felt miserable, constricted, and constrained as kids. Some of what is considered everyday U.S. culture here is considered taboo for many Arab immigrant parents. Dr. Samira Farwane, who is an expert in language acquisitions and linguistics in the School of Middle Eastern and North African Studies at the University of Arizona, noted that many Arab and Arab-American parents tend to raise their children in a way that may disturb a child's psyche and overall well-being. They raise them in a way where they want them to be integrated as far as the language goes, but they want them to be isolated as far as behavior goes. So you have this kind of duality or kind of schizophrenic existence. Language is clearly not the entire picture. Religion also plays into this mosaic of identity. Religious identity is crucial to many Arab American parents. However, Dr. Farwana frames this concern as more cultural than spiritual and notes it is directly tied to individuality. I think it's more culture because what Muslims and Christians have in common is this Middle Eastern culture, what, which I consider a tribalist culture. It's a conformist culture. We are against individuality. Open conversations with parents facilitate a smooth understanding of the target culture. Research shows that perceived cultural differences and social pressure may play a role in parents accepting their children's relationships with individuals from other cultures. A child's relationship with parents is among the most crucial factors that contributes to the development of identity. I talked with Dr. Christine Sheikh, an associate professor of sociology of religion, race, ethnicity, and gender at the Metropolitan State University of Denver. A sociologist, Dr. Sheikh is author of the book titled The American Ummah, Identity and Adaption Among Second-Generation Muslim Americans. She said that youth do the best with navigating and negotiating issues related to belonging, identity, and struggles with their parents when they are able to have open conversation with an adult family figure in their lives. Youth or young adults need space, Dr. Sheikh added. They need to express their struggles freely without the fear of judgment throughout the journey of navigating their identity. Pew Research Center's report on the identity of Muslims and Arabs in the U.S. noted that Muslims and Arabs in the U.S. embrace both the American and the Arab Muslim identities. Questioning and struggling doesn't mean 
that a young person is going to throw out Arab heritage or throw out Muslim identity or Muslim faith. Um, it, it just means that they're going through really a very normal set of developmental challenges that any, especially adolescent or younger adult will go through where they're trying to understand who am I? When children are able to establish their own understanding of culture without the pressure of their parents, they tend to find it easier to belong to it. Steering away from culture, however, comes when the child experiences their family as oppressive. In the same respect, Dr. Sheikh emphasized that children may reject their religious or ethnic background for fear of the pressures and may opt for the double life. Thank you for listening. This has been Citizens of Two Worlds. On this episode, we discussed experts' perspectives on the issue of identity among first-generation Arab Americans in Tucson. This is Randa Samih Abdu reporting for The Daily Wildcat, and this is Citizens of Two Worlds.